Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I am thankfully joined once again remotely today by Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Megan, how are you doing this morning? Great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's a little rainy out, but you know what? We we roll with the punches, right? Exactly, exactly. And tomorrow looks beautiful. So yeah, well, we're, we're, everything's looking up. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, so uh, it's our it's our normal uh, monthly thing. But before we get into that, you know, it's summertime. Have you have you uh, gone on vacations? You have you had a good summer so far? It has been a wonderful summer. No vacations. We actually try to take advantage of, um, you know, we're so fortunate to be here in the Deep Creek Lake area where everyone else comes to vacation. So, so we get to, we get to travel in the, in the off season when it's raining and and snowing. (laughs) How about yourself? Oh yeah. We, we, we had a a nice little family vacation and it was, it was lovely to get away and, and, uh, enjoy the, the peace and relaxation for, for a week. So, yeah. Good times, but we're back into the thick of it and uh, mm-hmm. ready to ready to talk about the economy once again. So, um, what, do we want to start with the are the negatives prime still? Uh, or, yeah, they, they still are. I bet you really look forward to this conversation. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I look forward to ending on a positive note each time. So absolutely, <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll go ahead and get the negatives done and over with, and, and move into the positives. Sounds good. So, um, yeah. So, kind of still, kind of still leading that that negative space as we continue to to look at the monetary policy um, and the potential mistakes that could that could uh, occur with with the rate hikes and whatnot. So, so looking back, the Fed did skip a rate hike at the June meeting. They they paused for a moment. Um, however, back in uh, early in July, um, they did raise the rate twenty five basis points. Um, so, so in following up in the press conference, Fed Powell, uh, Fed Chair Powell did say that we, that we have covered a lot of ground and the full effects of our tightening still have yet to be felt, but the process of getting inflation down to 2% still has a long way to go. So he's still really maintaining that hawkish tone. Um, and, and it, it, the recent rate hike has actually brought, uh, rates to the highest level that we've seen in decades, again, as we're trying to battle this this high inflation. And we're really starting to see some key parts of the, the economy starting to suffer because of those, those rate hikes. We do anticipate that the bank could lift rate hikes again in September if we don't see pressures start to ease. Um, but, but if rates go even higher, you know that on the other hand, the economy could be more vulnerable to a recession. Yeah. So as I, you know, as I had mentioned, the red, the Fed does remain hawkish, but it's very data dependent, and it's really gonna for for the September meeting, it's really gonna be paying attention to the August employment numbers that come out and the next two months of inflation readings, and um, and that's really gonna determine if they they decide to pause or if they 
think further rate hikes, rate hikes are required to to cool that inflation off. Yeah. Did he let anything uh, slip like he did last time? Because I think last... <laughs> no surprises this time. Because <laughs> okay. I think last time he, he kind of predicted yeah. this, right, by saying it was yeah. a pause or a yeah. skip or something. And yeah, like, he oh, has okay, slip, so slip of the tongue. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so kind of kind of looking into the data that that we like to look at every every month and kind of the data that the Fed's also dependent on. We'll we'll look at the um, something we talk about every month is that Institute of Supply Management's Purchasing Managers Manufacturing Index. What a mouthful! Easy for you but, to say. <laughs> <laughs> what that is is really a barometer of business conditions at American factories. And it still is remaining in that um, below 50% that um, contraction territory, but it did rise slightly in July and came in at 46.4%, which indicated little improvement in the industrial side of the economy. Um, It's also important to note that the industrial side of the economy makes up about 30% versus services. That's about 70%. Um, and, And breaking that down further, only two of the 18 manufacturing industries uh, within the within the manufacturing industries um, reported growth in July. The industrial side of the economy is unlikely to to make a recovery until the Fed decides to stop raising rates or that threat of recession passes. Um, something else we like to look at is what's called the the LEI or the Leading Economic Index, um, and it provides an early indication <clears throat> of significant turning points in the business cycle where the economy is heading in the near term. And for for June, um, the conference board's leading indicators extended their uninterrupted downtrend um, of 15 months in June, which is the longest streak of consecutive decreases since 07-08, which dropped the index to a three-year low. Um, And at negative 7.8%, it's year-over-year changes um, similar to that of the National Bureau of Economic Research recession readings. And um, really, this was fueled by gloomier consumer expectations, um, weaker new orders, an increased number of initial claims for unemployment, and also a reduction in housing construction, and elevated prices, that tighter monetary policy that we've been harping on, and harder to get credit and reduced government spending are poised to dampen economic growth even further. Um, Kind of expanding on inflation, which... (laughs) I'm, just, I'm sure you're tired of hearing that term. Um, and the core PCE prices did rise at a 3.8% annual rate for the second quarter, which was below expectations of 4%. Um, the headline year-over-year increase was 2.6%, more than a point below consensus and down from 4.1% a year ago. Um, wage and other compensation costs slowed, and June's core reading also came in below consensus, which posted its smallest increase since September 21. Um, so the good news, inflation has its, well, bad news, inflation is still present. The good news, uh, inflation has slowed a bit faster than expected recently. And yet while the labor market appears to be cooling a little bit, uh, the shortage of workers is certainly keeping that upward p- pressure on wages. Excellent. 
Yeah. So, all right. So I got the negatives out of the way. It wasn't so bad. You rip it off like a band-aid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You get it yeah. out of the way and then we, move, <laughs> we move into the good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, um, let's take a look at some of the positive trends we've been, been looking at, um, that those employment numbers, um, employment growth has fallen below 200,000 two months in a row for the first time since the onset of COVID in 2020. Non-farm payrolls did rise by 187,000 jobs um, at the end of July, which was below the expectations of 200,000, which could be perhaps a sign that the economy is cooling enough to drive inflation lower and even stave off those further rate um, increases. So again, breaking this down further, um, the unemployment rate did dip back down to 3.5% from 3.6%. And those wage gro- that wage growth I briefly touched on the hourly pay did rise by four per four point four percent in July on an annual be- on an annual basis. And um, while the economy is still creating lots of new jobs, fewer industries are hiring. Um, also, the percentage of firms adding jobs versus the share reducing them fell close to a record low last month. And that is another sign that the labor market could be cooling off. Hmm. Um, Another sign of softening labor market is the number of hours people have worked. It did fall slightly to um, 34.3 and matched a post-pandemic low. And really, that's important to look at because businesses tend to cut hours before resorting to layoffs when the economy slows. So, So again, maybe some potential softening there, but I'll, you know. I won't go any further, <laughs> just in case we see that number pop here in August. Um, initial weekly jobless claims did also rise slightly to 227,000 at the end of July. Um, and the four-week average was 228,250, which was a decrease, um, which, again, offering more evidence that those um, layoffs are still low um, and the labor market is still robust. Um historic measure um but again let's focus on that potential you know potential softening maybe um the number of people collecting unemployment benefits in the u.s did rise by 21,000 to 1.7 million um still remaining near that five-month low and um also looking back on unemployment claims um unemployment unemployment claims typically rise when the economy weakens and reset and a recession is approaching. Um, but again, you know, um, this, this data indicates that, um, claims still show a low number of layoffs taking place in a surprisingly resilient U S economy. Continuing with jobs, um, let's take a look at the jolts report. Um, the, the job openings and labor turnover survey, um, they did decline margin- marginally in June to 9.582 million, which is their lowest level since mid of t- mid 2021. Um, but that's still down 20% from a record record 12 million job openings in March of 22, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and the demand for workers is still quite strong, and suggests little slack in the labor market at this point in time. Um, there are still 1.6 job openings for every unemployed worker. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, the, the Fed is really um, dependent on, on jobs data um, when it comes to easing inflation. And really, there are too many jobs and, and not enough workers, which is making that task a little more difficult 
Um, job openings in June are still somewhat high, but down from a peak of 12 million last year. And and look in this report, um, voluntary quitters, which people quit more often when they think they can easily find another job. Um, there were 3.77 million voluntary quitters in June, um, which was down from 4 million in May. Yeah. Um, so again, this is a small step in the right direction, indicating that the labor market may be shifting more into um, a balanced scenario. So, so a little bit of softening there. Right. Um, and then we'll wrap up the positives with the with the service side of the economy. That ISM Services Index, which is a measure of business conditions for service sector companies like hotels, restaurants, salons. Um, it's, it still remains in that above 50% expansion territory, mm -hmm. but it did slow slightly down to 52.7% from 53.9% in June. Again, though, still signaling that expanding economy. Um, and demand for services, it, you know, it's been very resilient. It's been very strong in the aftermath of the pandemic and people's desire to travel and go to restaurants. Um, it's really been a balancing force while that industrial side of the economy kind of has remained stuck, um, stuck in the mud. But, but most respondents indicate that business conditions remain stable. However, they are cautious relative to inflation and the, the future economic outlook. Excellent. All right. Well, Megan, so based on all these positives and negatives uh, in the market, um, what are the conclusions that we can take from this and what are the strategies that uh, the wealth department is sort of deploying to, to mitigate these negative factors yeah. and, and enhance the positives? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do what we can, right? right. Um, yeah. So to kind of just tie this all together, um, investors are still counting on a few bedrock strengths to steady the economy amid all the current challenges that we that we discussed mm -hmm. um, long after it was supposed to have slowed. The U.S. employment economy really is still remaining strong, even though it has downshifted from 2021 to 2022. So employment is still very low at that 3.5. Um, and hourly wage growth is now approximately tracking the annual change in inflation. And inflation is below the Fed fund, uh, fund rate central tendency. Um, currently, the market is pricing in a chance of another rate hike in September, but a lot of things can really change between now and then. Again, really focusing on those employment numbers as well as those inflation numbers coming out between, between now and September. Um, that industrial side of the economy are um, coming back into more of a steady state. And consumer sentiment is still perking up as inflation um, is potentially showing signs that it's peaked. Um, something else to look forward to is a highly contentious presidential election campaign season that will get underway um, after Labor Day of this year. And that we could see that tear the tender fabric of consumer confidence. Um, so, you know, to be determined here later <laughs> this year. But, but really in portfolios, what we've done all year is, has padded um, portfolios for the, the elevated volatility, um, that we anticipate see, seeing through the end of 2023. Um, so, you know, focusing more to, towards those value names, not so, so much growth, although we have recently brought that more into, into a balance. Um, and we, we recently have shifted more into a uh, neutral duration stance rather than focusing just on that, um, short-term 
short-term duration um, to, to kind of hedge against those, um, the, the rate risk in the, in the long term. So, so those are some of the small changes we've been making in portfolios. Excellent. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining me today as always and providing such helpful insights. If any of our listeners have a question, they want to learn more, maybe they've got questions about some of the topics that you talked about today. What's the best way they can get the support they need? Sure. Yeah. Go to www.mybank.com. Click on the wealth tab and give us a call. We'll be happy to connect you with your local wealth officer. Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Thanks again, Megan. Thank you, Eric. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.